What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley, and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics that the top sales and marketing leaders are using to create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody. This is Ryan Staley, and I am here with Justin Michael, related to George Michael, I think is, is what we saw on LinkedIn or something like that, from the Justin Michael Consulting Group, right? Is that is that an advisor to an exponentially amount number of companies? So did I hit that right, Justin? Yeah, that works. I just, uh, Justin Michael Consulting and uh, kind of doing the Avengers model and, and trying to do an Iron Man scenario. You know, I've got a collective of cool people I work with and uh, having a lot of fun despite these, these crazy times we're living in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, and I'm really excited to, to have you on because you are truly, uh, like, I, like I said, in the Enterprise Sales Summit that you're one of the speakers for. So really excited to have you on there is just a really unique perspective on, on a lot of different things, man. Tech, uh, in terms of your experience, I mean, you worked at LinkedIn, you worked at Salesforce, you worked at Sean Parker, and I brought that up before. Ironically, I saw the, uh, I just saw something with him on there called the social experiments. That was really interesting, which I won't get you started on that topic. However, uh, just to kick things off, man, I'd love to hear, and I, I think everybody listening would like to hear, they see the videos online, they see how active you are. Can you give us a little bit more background about you and kind of how you got to this point. I know we talked a little bit before we went live, but I think that'd be amazing for folks to, to hear your journey on how you kind of got here. Yeah, thanks. This is often not a topic that I get asked because it's sort of like David Copperfield. People don't want to see the mirrors <laughs> necessarily. But um, the simple story is I fell into sales when I was 21 and um, ended up getting into sales management in my mid-20s to late-20s. I was doing a lot of offshore stuff, like more like telesales. And uh, I have a dog, so I'm just like petting my dog right now. <laughs> and um, I kind of caught the bug in my mid-20s to get into software as a service. I became an inside sales rep. There weren't actually DRs back then. I was just kind of good on the phones, and I could work through phone trees, and I could close deals inside. Um, and so I got the bug, and by the time I was early 30s, I'm like, you know what? I'm getting out of L.A. and the incubators. I'm going to go to San Francisco and go big time, right? So I got up there, and some investors and some companies where I worked in the incubators, they knew Sean Parker and Joe Green. There's a company called Causes, and it was cool. It was software as a service. It was like fundraising tools, activism. Turns out my best friend from childhood actually created Change.org. We were like on the same soccer teams. He got real famous. So I started doing a lot of um, business development there and corporate social responsibility campaigns. And then some friends were over at Salesforce. Everyone was using exact target for email. And I went there and I trained in Indy. So once I got that job, it just took off. And I started running sales teams and running SDR teams. And I worked for just a whole ton of startup companies. And I just kind of went on a pilgrimage. And I was like, I'm going to learn this stuff. So I went to San Francisco, St. Louis, New York. The joke is I would end up in London and then like somewhere in Russia or something. Who knows? But I ended up back in Seattle and I worked in most of the major tech hives and I worked for like some of the top startups ever created. And during that time, I didn't have time to crack the funnel. 
I didn't have a lot of resources, even though we'd raised a lot of money. It was always scrappy teams and disruptive software. Even when I sold for LinkedIn, you were selling LinkedIn Navigator, which is like a startup in a corporation mm-hmm. where you're selling at Salesforce, but you're, you're evangelizing journey builders. So this journey orchestration software is cutting edge. Like it's not something they're currently doing. So I've always been in the disruptive piece of the Morris curve, early adopter. Honestly, I sold uh, in sales like 2021 is 20 years since I was 21. I'll be 41. And so after 13 years and, you know, a dozen core SaaS companies, I ended up being in advisory positions and I worked for a company where we actually had a hundred startups at once and sold, and sent a million emails. It was called Outbound Works with the co-founder of Datanized. I just started to build some systems and they were really working well. And so um, during the whole COVID thing, there's sort of like the Trump boom early first quarter where we're all booming business was booming the economy is growing and i had like 19 companies trying to hire me at once so i just i picked one and i was doing the rvp thing which was awesome um but it just finally became i became aware of the fact that i would really do well in consulting and teaching this stuff to a lot of companies at once so things just kind of lined up and decided to give it a whirl and uh what i found is the primary problem with reps is they they have a lot of trouble figuring out their email sequencing and their how to get their phone scripts nailed. Um, so that's sort of what I honed in on as the main pain because that's the SDR work that I saw. People are sitting in Sales Navigator. They have a Zoom info. They have a sequencer. And they're trying to figure out how to get the three to work together. What I noticed is the prevailing systems in the marketplace were novels. They're long. It's three paragraphs. Marketing's happy with you. You know what I mean? So I developed these systems which are atomic, like more like a Twitter. They're a couple sentences. They're so short, marketing won't even allow it. I do automation that looks like text, like texting. It looks like you're talking with your friends. And I kind of atomize a forward-facing Twitter feed. And I have these little, like burst patterns or clusters. I do this stuff in such a wild way that even like Reggie over at Sappy, Sapper Consulting, their new product, like this, my sequence is so radical compared to all the other ones. So it could be flanking because their techniques are wildly personalized and longer and mine's hyper short. It's just, I did it in a different way. And so when I took over at Outbound Works operations, I took all these long emails and I compressed them and the open rates went to 80%. So I fell into like just training people on the meth, released some guides and the guides took off like wildfire on the net and, and people were just setting the meetings. Um, so that's is sort of the results right now. I've been powering a movement and I created the world's first Discord server for B2B. So I'm walking in my yard here and I got my Tibetan prayer flags. This is the life of a husky owner. Um, so yeah, so I created, rather than a Slack channel, a Discord server, which is a gaming mechanic. It's like a gamification. You play video games in it and talk to people. And so I'm doing teardowns of emails in there every day. And I'm doing live cold calling and people are subscribing to my Patreon. And it's, it's just really been a wild journey. Um, launching the consultancy, helping reps on a one-to-one basis, helping companies, working on revenue operations. I'm just involved in a whole lot of stuff. I'll see what sticks. And I'm releasing a book next year called Tech Powered Sales. I'm out of breath. <laughs> That's all you got? You don't, you don't, there's nothing else you're going to throw on the fire? No other logs or anything like that? I'm just, just <laughs> I'm obviously joking, man. So yeah, that's a hell of a journey. And, and I, I've seen, I love the, the short burst. And I want to I want to dig into that a little bit later. I want to hear a little bit more before we get to that point, though, about like, you've made a lot of transitions in your life. It sounds like, you know, you big companies, small companies, startups, now you're doing your own thing. I mean, so let me ask you this, like, what, what was the toughest transition you ever had to make? And why? 
Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it's, I think the hardest thing to do was probably the initial boot camp. It was very rewarding too. It was like, wow, I'm in the big show. This is Salesforce. So <laughs> I ended up flying out to Indianapolis every week and really boot camping on this technology. It was sort of that first exposure to being a rep, like a real rep, like doing my expenses, running my travel, learning all the systems, passing all these tests, going through all this enablement, handling existing clients and all the systems. It was just like the polish and structure, the, the fire hose of really being an elite seller in a field and the rigor and the always on nature of that was so radically different than the way I had worked before. I think the things I learned at Salesforce and LinkedIn were a method of operating and an excellence with executing a day and how to organize systems and tech and, and just sort of a world-class way of operating. And that is stuck with me, but it's definitely jarring for those of you who have been in big companies or gone through some of those training programs, it sticks with you. You know, if you talk to Scott, uh, Dorsey, who created Exact Target in many ways, he modeled it with great deference and respect to the Salesforce way, to Benioff and the way he built it. It was really interesting, you know? It was like mm -hmm. such a good synergy of the two companies because they just had a similar method of operating. Um, but that was quite a big transition, right? Coming from small incubators in Southern California, more like lifestyle and kicking around to hard-hitting San Francisco tech and being in big those big companies that that was the first jarring transition I made a lot of moves worked for too many jobs I should have stuck at some longer um, falling into the consulting realm is more of just naturally how I operate so it's been one of the easiest transitions for me I work insane hours but I love what I do I, I get invigorating by seeing the stuff that I teach people work you know I get messages at all hours of the day and like wow ah, set a meeting I got this huge deal hey that rebuttal work that phone technique I kept online like that's that's the stuff that just gives me unlimited horsepower. I do like helping people. And when I was working in software service selling, I like to sell products that help people. I like to see the results. So if that's what you love, if the curiosity and you love getting results and helping others, then it's a really good, it's a, it's a good career. I love that, man. I, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about results too. Like that's always, I mean, if you think about it, that's how sales conditions you. Results, 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 right? You've got to get them. And I'm sure it's almost like a dopamine hit. Every single message you get of like, hey, I, I got a meeting. Like, that's awesome because that's just continuous proof of what you're doing is killing it, you know? So. Yeah, it's true. Like, I'm just, I'm not crossing my fingers. At this point, I'm just trying to figure out how to delegate, how to build an organization up under me and, you know, how, how to figure out um, an 80-20 I've, I've honestly been dabbling in a ton of things from the, you know, the IC, the individual contributor in this Patreon group and putting out individual guides and content. I put all my methods, all of it like Radiohead for $10. And then I have this book coming out with Tony J. Hughes called Tech Powered Sales. And that's been a really buttoned up journey of HarperCollins and expository writing and referencing and doing something that's very, very professional where I'm looking at hundreds of vendors and interviewing thousands of sales reps and building a thesis around this Jarvis Ironman suit, essentially saying, if we're in the fourth industrial revolution and 70% of what a rep does can be automated, shouldn't we try? So there's more humanistic elements. Um, 
is I'm kind of, I've kind of come out of nowhere, like a bat out of hell. I've sat on probably 90 podcasts in the past 60 days. I have three of my own. I've worked every waking hour. I'll be honest with you. Cause I just had such a blast doing it. It's sort of like a prison break. You know, I had all these ideas and I'm just like playing jazz and people are coming to listen. I'm kind of like the guy in the parking garage just jamming. And it's like, Oh, there's a crowd. You know, it's just how I feel. I feel like Kurt Cobain, you know, it's like, I'm just jamming and suddenly there's like people around I just kind of just what I was doing behind the scenes and churning funny story. I was sitting in Chinatown alone in the new tune office and I'm banging the phone all day. Chief strategy officer walks in. He's just like, who is this guy? Like he just sits in a back cubicle and says the same thing 20 times. This isn't our culture. Well, they found like selling and the personalization and all the other stuff that I was doing. And I ended up getting a 10 X award. What I was doing, I was doing this programmatic phone touch where I would just leave a voicemail touch as a part of my sequences. And I didn't have tech then to do it automatically dropping it. So I was just, if you looked at my profile, I'd call you, you know, if we had any interaction, I'd call you and leave a message. But to the outside world, it just seemed like this random dude sitting, <laughs> sitting in a pod, just banging the phone in like the most, <laughs> you know, cave, caveman type fashion. That's, that's how I started too, man. I, one of my first jobs, I was in a position where I made 250 dials a day just hammering the phones, total boiler room environment. So I, I get you. So, so talk, yeah, let's dig a little bit deeper, man. You, there's so many different things that you're touching on. And I'm sure people at the beginning of the episode heard 80% open rates and their, their heads probably exploded. So let, let's get a little bit deeper in that, into how to make that a reality and what you're kind of seeing now in today's market, I think would be awesome so that people can take actual items away from this. And, and move forward and, and implement. So what do you think would be, you know, an insight in terms of how to do that and, and how your program works and take it from there? Yeah, so, uh, so like how do people engage with my content and or what are the different ways I can train them? No, I'm talking more about like your method, man. Oh, yeah, the method. So, okay, so, um, so the Justin Michael method, it's so funny. So I was the case study in combo prospecting what so the biggest thing that i realized is i started studying neuroscience big time and going to all these books and reading mm -hmm. i realized that all of email marketing i wanted to find i wanted to say let's let's analyze email how does everyone in the entire world train on email is there something different there that we're not seeing mm -hmm. how does everyone ever in the history of sales train on phone is there something there that i can see and i found it i found that it's actually hard to read even when you're older. <laughs> you can learn right now, you can learn how to speak Czech, right? You got the CIA. I mean, people are learning Rosetta Stone stuff. You can. It's easier for a child. It's not impossible for an adult. But as a child, you learn that the symbols represent concepts and your brain starts to form the words. And the average adult has about 30,000 words. They know, super literate, maybe 100,000 like an author. Um, the problem is that when you read a sales email, you're not reading words. You're translating what you're reading into concepts in your head. What you're actually doing when you read an email is a visual process. It is, it's not reading. It's not writing. So all the writing in emails and sequences is focused on what to write, the templates. But it's actually a visual medium. So I started to pioneer this thing called the Venn diagram of selling. And I would just take the competitive landscape or certain ideas and do this three-part Venn with you in the middle. And I sent it to the chief digital officer of McDonald's. Ten minutes, I got a meeting. 
I then sent it to the VP of mobile for Home Depot. He called me and said, pitch me within 10 minutes. And I, I just, I remember I was in Seattle. I jumped up and I like, I like yelled, like I'd just done a Super Bowl touchdown. Cause I was like, it's the flex capacitor. <laughs> so like, these visual prospecting us uh, and you can find there's dog patch advisors in San Francisco's figured out too. And they're doing this with code. So they scrape your site and do all this stuff. So I found to, to crack email, you need visuals because instead of five to 12 touches, if I send that one Venn diagram, I'm almost all the way through. Like it processes in your brain. It's 60,000 times the speed of text. So it's like sending hundreds of emails to send a certain type of diagram. So I did this course where I teach everybody to build the custom diagrams, um, you know, which is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, so, so there's that. And then this piece is phone. And I realized that all the phone work is like the rebuttals and what do you say on the phone and how do you handle the objection and all this stuff. And I realized that phone is tonality. It's, it's actually your tone. Mm-hmm. So you're like C minus scripts and you say the wrong things, but you're really calm and you deliver a certain way. Like you'll do better than someone with a great script. It's like, Oh, how are you? Oh, is it okay to talk? You know, like if, if they're really nervous or scared, there's a lot of fight or flight. So th- that's what kind of started the whole thing. So then the method goes into like, Okay, let's look at all the template systems on the market. Did the same thing. They're all long. We're going to be the shortest ever. And we're going to be so short, it's going to be painful. We're going to be so short, marketing won't let you send it. Because I had these reps on my team. I'd look at like 250 reps at DocuSign. I have like 10 reps. And there's one rep, and all you do is to say, are you free Tuesday? You call on the and say, hey, John, are you free Tuesday? Where's the content? The top rep, top rep, no content. No person sees nothing. It was just the shortest, brevity. Just pure brevity was crushing. It's, Come on, it's, wait, 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 stop there. So you're saying this guy was booked an appointment just set by saying, are you free Tuesday? Yeah, he was literally just repetitively calling people to try to get the date of the week with a hyper short call and then a hyper short, I would, I would read it, there was nothing in it, but it was a pattern interrupt because no one did that except him. Mm-hmm. He went on to be a top AE, but he proved a pattern interrupt. He didn't prove that that's necessarily better than personalization. So what I do is I do these, I take these massive marketing emails and I turn the entire first email into a set of like multiple touches. My sequences look like, you know, an email the first day, bumps the second, bumps the third, waits 48 hours. I have clusters because what I realized is like I was going to go to movies on a Saturday with my friends and everybody's in the 90s. I was a teenager. There'd be two, three movies playing. We'd all be going to the movies. So I'd ping three of my friends and say, hey, you want to go see Iron Man or whatever? You know, and no one would respond. So the next day I'd be like, hey, I bump them and then someone would respond and then I bump again. If like, let's lock it in. And I realized that the way that I texted and emailed and just how I called was like this. So when I'm doing B2B sales, it's like, I'm selling you. I'm here next day. Hello. Third day. Like I'm coming at you. There's, it's really assertive, right? I don't get a restraining order. None of that. I actually just get a lot of referrals. And when I ran the agency, that model of outbound works where you know, we, were, we were a SaaS company, but we acted as agents doing sales development for 100 companies. We had to get results quickly. We couldn't wait for day one, day seven, day 11, warm them up, let it simmer. We had to like make it happen and be assertive. So the stuff's hyper short. It's visual. It looks more like atomized messaging. Well, let's look at that. TikTok, Facebook, Messenger, WhatsApp, Snap, uh, text. There's not a single medium on the planet that's long form but all of the automated email templates are long form. So my stuff is one to three word title, three sentences max, third sentence is CTA, bump dots, bump in image. It's so tight and so simple. It's a massive pattern interrupt for people getting the other ones, like the normal, like, you know, hey, Ryan, in these uncertain times. And we get 18 
words between the subject line and the prefix text, and everyone wasted. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. Reaching out. These uncertain times. That thing, right? The title. That everybody's wasting that. I don't waste that. Like I have meat. Like <laughs> the core of my messaging is standing in your in your subject line. The first eighteen. And that's because I come from mobile marketing. There's eight hundred renderings on handsets. So you you don't want paragraphs. You don't want to put spacing in your email. Why would you do that? All my stuff is compacted for mobile responsive. So there's no, like, I can just go on and on and on of dismantling, like, Elon Musk, like, first principles. Like, what is everyone else doing? Let's do the opposite. Was And that's how Sander was, right, with reverse selling. It's, it's reverse psychology. And people go, well, Justin, once everybody uses all your templates, then that's going to be the prevailing system, and it won't work. And that's why I invented uh, email heuristics. And I think I'm the first person in the world to talk about heuristics of emails. Because what is an email linguistically? It's, hey, Ryan, funny statement. Well, it's not that you want to copy the funny statement. It's that it's like building blocks. Opener, funny statement. Bridge statement. Social proof, right? Um, ask for time. It's, it's the framing. It's the framework or the meta framework of what linguistically it means, and so what you're learning in my program is a way to think about communication and a way to think about the building blocks. You're not just copying a template, but what I give you is a ton of free templates anyway. Scrape them, use them. It's all good. They work. So you can come in, copy my template, and send it, and you're going to get more results. Sure. But if you can learn to think about why the template is what it is. So I have great respect for sort of like the, the Josh Braun and the Beck Holland because all, what they're putting out is very interesting heuristics study the heuristics right and you can use those methods and overlay mine in the sense that you can do different a b tests again let the data speak send you know send the emails you're doing test some of my emails go take their courses as well mash them up make it your own let the data speak but my way of being is so hyper short it's like well you're not personalizing enough to me i personalize on the relevant pain it's the mike bosworth you have seven slots so like right now as a business owner you're trying to do a thing uh, Josh Brown calls this jobs to be done, but you have some kind of challenge or an objective. As long as what I write to you is focused, is relevant to what you're trying to solve, you'll take the meeting. Like for me right now, I've, I've got all sorts of things I'm doing, right? I had this woman approach me named String and she said, well, I get a million views per post. She's in Sydney. She's a social media coach. And I paid her like, you know, I'm paying her a ridiculous amount of money, honestly, because I said, if you can get me a million per post, I'll pay you whatever you want. Right. She's like, what? <laughs> because, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a problem. I'm trying to build this brand and, and it, it, you know, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't have unlimited resources, but that's a pretty high ROI. I mean, getting a post on LinkedIn to trend at a million, I haven't gotten there, but the Russ Hanneman billionaire thing I did from Silicon Valley got pretty high. I mean, it got five. How many did it get? Like 500 interactions, which was really wild. Yeah, that's, that was a fun video. That was hilarious. That was the guy for, for those that didn't see it, that was from Silicon Valley. It was the, uh, the Trace Colmas, Trace Colmas, yeah. right? Trace Colmas tequila. It was that guy who did it and just a fantastic video. He did an awesome job now. So uh, I, it sucks because we're, we are we're close to running out of time here, man. What, what would I ask? I mean, I love the hyper, you know, the hyper brevity. I guess if that's even a word, I just kind of made it up right totally. now. Totally, yeah. Uh, I love the hyper brevity. I love the bump idea. You know, if, if there's one key thing that, that you want people to walk away from that they could immediately use, what would you say is the number one thing that they could leverage to implement just a tiny piece of what you're doing to get some results? 
Yeah, I do this thing with phone scripts, which I discovered in 2007, and it's literally almost a technology. And it's a heuristic also is that all sellers who call you on the phone make a statement which makes the listener look at the seller. Mm -hmm. The reason for my call. Can I get 62 seconds of your time? All it does is it makes the person recoil and identifies your seller. I found a fork, a Jedi mind trick to stop that. I found a way to flip it to the buyer and put the buyer on the back foot. And the way I did that is through power. So I call it route, route ruin, multiply. I call a person who's in charge of IT security and say, who's in charge of your IT security? And it's the darndest thing. They will usually say I am or they'll say I am not, but so-and-so is. And I don't get hung up on. And I prove this in my mastermind every day. Like I go on Discord and I make all these crazy calls. The people love their own name. Dale Carnegie said like that's the most beautiful sound in the human language, their own name. But people have really limited authority and power. They control their little P&L at their job. And that's kind of it. Not their government, not their family, not other people like we have very little control in modern society, right? And even the buying committee is seven to nine people. They really don't control that. But if you ask them what they're in control of, they do believe that they control what they're doing at work. And it's the strangest thing. It's like a transference of power or an Aikido move. So just the question, you can do it in a nuanced way of asking them who's in charge of a, a strategic area that you might cover, tends to flip the polarity and put them on the back foot and they forget this is a seller right? That fight or flight instinct, the alarm bells, the brush off goes away. And this technique allowed me to, in 2007, someone on my team had about 12 sales in a year. I did 63 sales in three months. And I just, just, I, I had to create a bitly link to my demo, <laughs> to my slides, because I kept closing the deal on the first call. I would call and just close the whole deal. And people are like, you're closing the deal on one call? It just hadn't been done in SaaS, and that was the method. So that's in my method, Route, Ruin, Multiply. But I just want to explain this really interesting thing that I found, the Venn diagram, the visual and the email, and the transference of power, which, is, which I call Route, Ruin, Multiply, this framework for calling, where I ask them to tell me what they're in charge of, and they take their power in the first three seconds, and they forget that they're on a sales call and we're off to the races. So that's, you know, my guide is, you know, it's $10 for all, all, my, all my knowledge, but I, I'll give it away. I'll send it to you. If you write to me and tell me why you want to use it, just find me on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll send you the guide and it'll help you. I love it, man. Anywhere else? I mean, I know you mentioned LinkedIn. Anywhere else where people can find you, learn more? I know you yeah. mentioned Patreon, uh, but go ahead, man. Tell us. All, all that stuff's good. I think, yeah, if you just go to my LinkedIn or my Patreon page, I'm going to have some resources up at justinmichaelconsulting.com at the domains salesborgs.ai it's like you know salesperson and cyborg salesborg uh i couldn't really use the jarvis and the iron man the avengers i don't want to piss off the mouse right i keep disney disney i need my own brand it's fun to have the word borg in it because it is a star trek thing that's really kind of evil but we're good and it kind of connotes this thing that's going to assimilate and take over the whole industry uh you know what i love i just love seeing like a single mom pick this up in canada and two hours she sets a meeting right or you know, this guy in Australia has been hitting the Fortune 1, the, the stock exchange down there, trying to get a meeting, and he's been sending sequences now for weeks. He picks up the calling framework. He does four meetings in one day using that framework. So it's the results, and it's just what I did. I had to do it. I wasn't a talking head. I was just an operator in companies. So um, come check out my websites. Check out my stuff. If you're incredulous, if you don't believe it, I'll give you a free guide. Try it. Prove me wrong. And I'm just grateful to help you if you're listening and you want to get better at email sequencing or uh, making calls. Excellent, man. 
Thank you so much. And, and in addition, besides all of those things and, and the great knowledge you shared, Justin has a deep dive that he's going through in the Enterprise Sales Summit on this and gets a lot, lot deeper. So if you want to learn more, check that out. There'll be a link in the show notes for that and then more details on how you can find Justin. So thank you for coming on, man. It was a great, yeah, great time. Thanks for having me. Great time. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll see you soon. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources, so I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I wanna ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.